Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Uh Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's hump day. Hump day? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. That's right, it is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake coming at you live from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton producing today across the glass from me and safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Jake, I've got some great insight into what happened in the Jazz game last night, but I'll save it for the appropriate time. But it is riveting, and it is complicated, but I hope our listeners can follow along. You know, our listeners are pretty smart. And uh, I think they'll they'll follow along nicely, but it, it's it is nuanced. It is it, well, well, it's brilliant, really. But uh, you know, we'll get to that. Okay, first of all, I love you coming right out of the gate with a smoking hot tease. But <laughs> second of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to warn you though, if 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 it's when the Jazz make shots, they win. <laughs> I'm gonna be so disappointed. I mean, so disappointed. Me, disappointed or livid? Uh, both. Okay. Both. If it's when they make shots, they win. It, it's it's going to be a real letdown. So so as we do these pleasantries and say hello, if it is when they make shots, they win. Try to try to come up with something else real quick. <laughs> All right, I'll scramble. Okay, how's it going? You doing well? Yeah, I'm doing well. How are you doing, Jake? How's uh, Austin? Everybody all right in our little uh, community? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to speak for Austin. He he seems less enraged than he was yesterday. That that balm I've been using is helping. That's so, good. Because yeah. you, you, when I saw you yesterday, I can't remember exactly what phrase you used, but it was like, hey, Austin, how are you? And, and something along the lines of, uh, I want to burn the world to the ground or, oh, or something. Oh, great. Like. You made it another day. Uh, Can I, I guess uh, <laughs> You seem better today. I'm not, but yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, what does that grunt mean? Yeah, right. Because no, it, means... it sounded like, huh, I would pretend to care, but they know it this time, at this point. No, no. I've got, I've got a bit of wisdom from you, uh, for you, from my wife, who, who uh, tweeted something out. Or I guess he put it on Instagram. But uh, I think you follow her, don't you? Uh, I'm not on Instagram. Uh, Austin, follow, do you I think follow? I'm friends yeah. with her on Facebook. Okay, well, let me read you uh, a little, a little something here that she posted, and this has to do with your anger issues. All right. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw it. Uh, Mark Twain. She quotes Mark Twain and says, "Anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured." That's, uh, that's yeah, I, I saw that post from her, 
and uh, I have great respect and uh, and love for your wife, and so I won't respond to that post because I vehemently disagree with. I, I've and got then, and then let me finish it. She says uh, all feelings are valid, and all emotions are information. Anger is a particularly useful emotion, usually piggybacked onto another. That gives us information about what we really care about. If not managed or used in a healthy way, it can slow progress and ruin relationships. Anger is a cue. When anger cues us, it is a physiological call to action and awareness, not to the reaction we may habitually turn to. Austin, I, I have a word quote. salad. I have a Mark Twain <laughs> quote for you that, oh, yeah? that I think would actually help your anger, possibly. Mark Twain or Samuel Clemens? No, Mark Twain. Okay. <laughs> uh, too much of anything is bad, but too much good whiskey is barely enough. Okay. All right. <laughs> I've n- I have never tasted whiskey. Well, but. hey, uh, I think, you know, when you're angry, if you live by those wide, wise words, I, th- I think you'll be fine. Now, I, I have a question, though, uh, Austin. It sounds like you were saying that Lisa didn't know what she was talking about. No, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that that is a lovely sentiment that works for her and anyone that believes that. What works for me is revenge is delicious. <laughs> does it really work, though? It really, really does. It really works. does it because it may snowball into your next fit and into your next fit and into your next fit. As opposed to, you know, uh, solving the issue piece by piece. See, Austin's... Uh, Who's got time for that? <laughs> I, I'm no biblical scholar here, but Austin's approach seemed to work a lot during the Old Testament. And that uh, and those fine people built this world. Yeah, but the Old Testament is a whole other thing. You know? Well, the whole smite thy enemies thing, man. That was, wasn't that like a, a theme throughout the whole thing? <laughs> Yeah, but that was that was that was long ago. Hey, they, we still live by the Big Ten, you know that 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 came out <laughs> back then, right? We're all still uh, paying attention to that. Nobody looks you at know, the Big Ten and goes, "Man, that was a long time ago." Didn't the Big Ten wasn't that originally kind of like the conference? Didn't they have more than that? But uh, that's uh, what they ended up with. There was more. <laughs> I don't know, didn't, man. Didn't, didn't Moses drop one of the tablets or something crazy? I don't know. Anyway, all right. Well. No, he smashed I really them, didn't he? Didn't, he, didn't he come down from the mountain? Didn't Charlton Heston come down <laughs> and see uh, see all the people with the like golden calves and stuff, right. and, he, and he smashed them good? Accurate, yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah, he did, yeah. And but then he, said, put those back together! You know, here's the thing about quoting biblical things. People quote the things it, when it suits their their needs or or their usefulness. You know, and they, they don't quote the other stuff. They just quote the stuff that, that either justifies their position or makes them feel better about who they are or where they are. Uh, not to... We're very we're very convenient in that regard. You know, we don't quote the stuff that we need to work on. Or if we do quote that stuff, then we relegate it to the junk heap of, uh, you know, unnecessary. Not to, I know everybody's quite invigorated by this conversation, but we have some very breaking news uh, in the NBA that is literally just coming across. According to Shams, as well as Woj, the Houston Rockets are trading James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets. Of course they are. The Brooklyn Nets. Now, I have not, and we'll we'll keep our eyes peeled. Uh, let's see here. Well, Shams has a little more. Here we go. 
The Nets are trading for uh, all NBA star James Harden and sending four first-round picks and four draft swaps to the Rockets, sources uh, tell The Athletic. Uh, Karis Levert, Jarrett Allen are being moved. Uh, could be another team or two involved. How about that, Gordon? That's a biggie. There's no doubt about that. And what it comes down to now is uh, how how is that going to work out as far as divvying up shots, uh, offensive opportunities, because we know James Harden has no interest in the defensive end. He uh, is concerned about what's happening the other way, and oftentimes everything uh, triggers off of him. I, I, I really don't know. You know what this is going to do, Jake? This is going to test the idea that talent is the king in the NBA. Because how can you argue with the talent on that team? Can they get along? Well, is Kyrie part of this deal? I don't think we entirely know that yet. We know Houston doesn't want Kyrie. But if there's another team involved, because I don't think from, and we'll have to dig into this. We're literally just finding out about this, but I don't think that Karis Levert and Jarrett Allen are going to carry the salary necessary to make this deal work. So there's there's got to be another there's got to be another component. Uh, Austin saying there was talk of, of Dinwiddie, which which would make some sense. We'd have uh-huh. to do the the math on that um, since both teams are over the cap, and he's paid in Bitcoin. So I don't. No, that's How does right. that play? Uh, you have to come within 10%. And 10% of James Harden is a lot. So, um, Well, I haven't tallied up those salaries to see what works and what doesn't. Four first-round picks? That's a lot. Although Four? You, if you're the you next, have just mortgaged your future. Unless you think you're going to be so good that those picks will be, you know, 28, 29, 30, something along those lines. They may not be all theirs either. We don't know that. Well, there it is. I mean, if, if Kyrie stays in Brooklyn and you have Kyrie and KD and now you have James Harden, uh, you know, people always say that talent is the thing in the NBA. And if you don't have it, you're screwed. If you do have it, you win championships. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll see. That is a whole lot. Of, that, that is ridiculous talent. Uh, let's see. The Dante Exum's involved somehow here. Uh, Woj reporting Brooklyn's acquiring James Harden in a three-way deal with Cleveland. Karis LeVert, Dante Exum, Rodion, Redones? I don't know. Uh, Kurukas, uh four first-round picks, including Cavs 2022 first via the Bucks, and four Nets pick swaps, two Rockets, Jarrett Allen, Tor- uh, Torian, uh, Torian Prince to the Cavs. Jarrett Allen's going to Houston? Nope, he's going to the Cavs. Okay. So well, the Cavs, we, saw, we saw how good he was against the Jazz the other night, at least how good he could be on a good night. That is a that is a major, major deal. And Houston Houston had reportedly wanted a young piece in the deal, not just draft picks. And apparently they're just taking draft picks. Well, that's a whole lot of asset right there, if if they are what they seem to be. But if they are, you know, I, we'll see how this turns out. But man, that is a major, major move. Do, if you were, if you were a fan of the Nets, do you approve? Well, yeah. I mean, if you're a fan of the Nets, you, you've got to be excited by the talent, as you point to. But I, I mean, from a from a distance, I'm not convinced it's going to work. How do you think Kyrie? If Kyrie is stays in Brooklyn, 
And Kyrie is standing over there, and he's so used to having the ball in his hands, and James Harden is so used to having the ball in his hands. How are they going to work that? I don't know. I, I honestly Steve have no Nash idea. Steve Nash, the man, is he the maestro to be able to conduct that whole thing? <laughs> the first-year head coach has to figure out a way to satisfy all those appetites? I got a yeah. lot of respect for Steve Nash. I, I think he is really a, a good guy and a smart guy. I, we'll see. But I, I, if nothing else, it's going to be interesting to observe. Yeah, uh, I suppose. Because then you've also thrown on top of that, you've got the mercurial nature of the two of those players, James Harden and Kyrie. I mean, this is tricky business. And I don't know whether you – do you do you consider Kevin Durant a, uh, a special case as far as how he needs to be treated? Well, I mean, he's awfully good. Um, real quick here, Gordon, and I'll answer that I mean, in a second. I mean, but... atti- I mean attitudinally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one second, though. Uh, sorry, this details continue to come out. Uh, the Pacers are now moving Victor Oladipo to the Rockets – in a package that surrounds uh, Karis Levert. Oh. So now Oladipo is headed to the Rockets. Is that a signal that they're they're trying to continue to compete? Because, of course, they've got uh, Boogie Cousins and Eric Gordon. Well, I, he's, I, a ter- he's a he's a Oladipo's terrific talent. He, he wanted out anyway, didn't he? Yeah. He did, but... but How see, does he go with John Wall? And and John Wall, of course. Um, I, I don't know, but this... The worst place to be in the NBA is in the middle. And yeah. it, it seems to me that the, if what are what are the Rockets this is Tillman Fertitta not wanting to admit that it's time to start over. Yeah, I mean you you trade a, a piece like Kevin or excuse me like uh, James Harden and and that's that's punting time. Although I guess Oklahoma City kind of kept it afloat last year, but even them have have full on entered into rebuild mode. So that makes I don't know how much oh, sense I'm not that sure makes. That this isn't uh, this is generated by the Rockets. It's generated by James Harden. No, but I'm thinking like, what do you get back? Like, what is what is right. Houston? No, I get that they're trading James Harden, but they're they're bringing back picks, uh, which makes sense, right? Even if you don't get that young piece, but then you trade for Victor Oladipo, which is not a young piece, and would signal signal to me that you think you have a roster that's still capable of doing doing damage in the playoffs. And I don't yeah, I don't think point. I don't think that that's true with their current roster. I I don't know. I mean, I got to process this. Because Oladipo is, is a really good talent. I mean, uh, th- does that complementary group uh, work? Uh, final year of his him? final year of his deal. So that actually would make some sense. That then. that oh, changes my comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. that changes yeah, yeah. a little bit. Cause he will be an unrestricted free agent after this season. So you're dumping that salary. Okay. So I'm, that makes some sense. With, well, maybe with hopes he resigns with you. Yeah. I don't know. So blockbuster trade going on in the NBA. Just to, just to review, Gordon, I, I um, as far as Houston goes, no, they had to trade James Harden. I, I get yeah. it. They after what happened what last, last night, oh, they they yeah. had to trade him uh, as soon as possible, which is just got to make Tillman Fertitta's blood boil because this all this all this act, and we'll play mm-hmm. Boogie's comments uh, coming up. Um, because he, it, it was very insightful. But all this act was James Harden trying to force the hand of the Rockets. Because yep. if you're oh, the yeah. Rockets, you have him under contract for three years. So you could just sit and and bide your time and wait for the best deal to surface and try to leverage against the trade deadline and, and really plot along. And obviously James Harden wasn't going to do that. So he forced their issue with his poor behavior. 
Indeed. And, and last night, the happenings, uh, the current happenings, that was like, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me when I went to drag racing school. And, uh, you know, I was sitting in that high-powered uh, rail, and they were teaching me how to uh, pilot that thing. And uh, one of the key components was when you're watching the light on the Christmas tree go down and it, 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 you get the signal to go, you stomp on that accelerator, baby. You stomp on it. And then there's some other technique involved that is, you know, over your head. Uh, you wouldn't understand or appreciate, so I won't get into it. But uh, but it's that's what they did last night. They stomped on the accelerator to get all this taken care of. Okay, so here here's the deal just in review, if you're just jumping into the car. Um, uh, Brooklyn acquires James Harden, and it's a three-way deal involving the Rockets in Cleveland. Karis Levert, Dante Exum, Rodi, I don't know this player, a European player, um, and uh, uh, four first-round picks, including Cavs 2022 uh, via the Bucks, and four Nets pick swaps to Rockets, Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince to the Cavs, and then uh, the Rockets turned around and dealt Karis Levert to Indiana in exchange for Victor Oladipo. Here's the details on those picks. Brooklyn sends three unprotected first-round picks, 2022, 2024, and 2026 in the deal. Uh, the pick swaps are in 21, 23, 25, and 27. So, you know, the thing with those pick swaps, Gordon, is if this doesn't work for the Nets, like Darren Williams, uh, uh, Kevin, Dur- or, uh, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce didn't work, they're in uh-huh. real trouble because then, then the Rockets can just swap those picks. Okay, so how does that work? Uh, specifically, how how is it, how is a pick swapped? Well, you have the option to swap picks with them. In those years, I don't know. Tampa. It's pretty self-explanatory. So essentially, you've got you've got you've got uh, you've got Brooklyn's picks, and you have that and what probably or very well could be a very valuable pick that uh, 20, uh, 22 first rounder by Cleveland. So, wow, pretty pretty wild trade. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens if this uh, kind of changes things in the East. They'll have to put it together pretty quickly. Well, this thing's been cooking for quite a while. I don't you think? I mean, this this took a lot of brain power to get this all figured out and and considered. And so this is maybe what's been taken so long as we've been sitting here watching James Harden going, uh, they got to get rid of him. They got to get rid of him. Well, they were working out the proper specifics to get it done and so they must all sides must feel pretty good about it uh with the exception that the rockets were essentially had their arm twisted to the point of complete pain to uh i mean did you see any of the rockets game last night yeah yeah and i saw all the videos of a portly james harden i i saw it all you know if i were the rockets i would have traded him to minnesota for half that Just for spite, <laughs> just pure spite. Hey James, I know you've uh, actually they they uh, they employed like an outside firm to help broker this deal. Be like, hey James, I know you hired that firm and uh, went to great lengths to to get yourself to Brooklyn, but we're we're sending you to Sacramento, and we're doing it for for basically nothing. We've traded your rights to a Yugoslavian team, James. <laughs> we did it to Sacramento. It's for a first and a couple of seconds down the line. But we thought it was a better deal than Brooklyn. <laughs> have a nice, have a good one.
Harrison I'm Barnes. Sure. Harrison Barnes is coming back to Texas. <laughs> Uh, could they? They couldn't have. Uh, if you wanted to get really spiteful, could you have assigned him to your G League team? Uh, I think he's been in the league too long for that. Okay, all right. I'm just looking for ways to satisfy your my your my appetite. vengeance lust. <laughs> I like the idea of just sitting him, but making him still travel with the team and be on the bench and. Where but did, not ever, ever you, playing. What's the NBA market with the fewest gentlemen's clubs? Oh, probably right here. This is the spot. Yeah, this, is, this would have been the landing spot for him. For George no, Yang no. and some future seconds. You go live in Utah. <laughs> oh, man. So he's on the move. Harden gets what he wants. You know, he wanted out. He wanted to go to Brooklyn. Here you go. Does this make you root against the Nets now? Oh, yeah, 100%. Hope they lose every game. <laughs> God, and and what you what you introduced earlier, Gordon, we'll have to get back to as well. There's a lot of dramas on that roster. Oh, now. they should make it into a reality show for sure. I mean, they need to get cameras in. I'm that not sure which set. is the most poisonous, Kyrie, okay, James, so, or, or Kevin. Well, Kyrie is so, currently a wall. That's, so that's true. I mean, <laughs> so, well, they know where he is. <laughs> I think they know where he is, but he, he doesn't. Okay. Uh, well, personal reasons or whatever. It's it's All not right. for. Well, he had a birthday party to go to, right? Yeah, and yeah. The day of the day that he said he was missing because of political things. Well, he popped up on a Zoom uh, a Zoom call in support of somebody running for Attorney General of New York. He he popped up on a, the same Zoom call as uh, the the redheaded gal from Sex in the City, who ran for governor a couple of years ago. <laughs> oh, uh, oh yeah, I don't remember her yeah, name. The, she uh, played uh, Cynthia Nixon, I think is, is her it? Name. I yeah. Think so. I think they're making, they're having another uh, uh, redo of uh, Sex and the City, the movie. I know you're excited about it, Gordon. I think they dumped Samantha, though, so you don't have that to look forward to. Well, okay, so last night I'm watching. <laughs> this shows you how pathetic uh, things can be sometimes. But uh, I watched uh, Major League return to the minors. Oh, With the buzz? Yeah, with yeah. the Buzz uniforms. And what's the guy's name? Scott Bakula is yeah. his name. Uh-huh. And he remember. Do you, okay, so I liked Major League so much. And you had to cajole me into watching it after after it had been released 20 years ago or whatever. And I and I really enjoyed it. So I thought, how bad can this be? It's that bad. You know? It was, it was, it was, okay, okay, it was bad. But Scott Bakula is the manager of the minor league buzz who happened to be the minor league team of the Minnesota Twins, as it really was back in the day. So anyway, he has a bet with the manager of the of the Twins that that his team can beat uh, the Twins. And because he says, hey, it takes more than just talent. It takes a team in order to win. So the Nets are the Twins, I guess. And, uh, so, so, I mean, we're, we're going to find out whether uh, Scott, what was his name in that movie? Cliff I somebody? I, I don't, don't know. know. Gus? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we're going to find out if he was full of it. Because if the Nets are able to win and win big, then that tells me it is about talent. If they're not able to win with that kind of talent, it's going to tell me all this Attitude stuff, all this uh, chemistry stuff. I think that's is, why the Rockets did this, Gordon, was to prove that Back to the Miners was a, an actual movie that <laughs> knows what it was talking about. 
But I mean, do you got how much how much faith do you put in that kind of you know rah rah type of speech? Because coaches swear by it, well, but under their breath, they're saying, "Give me more talent, give me more talent." I I don't think it's one or the other in this case because uh, the reason I think it's going to fail doesn't necessarily and define fail, right? You know, I wouldn't uh-huh. pick them to win the 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 championship this year because they're there, there's a tremendous amount of overlap there, <laughs> a tremendous amount of overlap. And so, so how's that going to work? But that's not a, a talent or chemistry issue. I don't think it's strictly one thing or another. I mean, I guess you've got an incredible amount of scoring talent, but basketball is made up of more than just scoring the basketball. So I, that's why I question it, not necessarily that it's going to be combustible in the locker room, which I guess it likely is, but is there enough basketballs to go around for this club i mean you've got an incredible amount of shooting but not a lot of defense so how's that going to go i mean those it's you've got a lot of talent in one particular aspect of the game right and, so and, how and does that work yeah exactly it's both of those things both the locker room and on the floor because i don't know how that's going to i you know how, how does this gel how do you get it because i mean which one of these guys is most likely to be do the playoff p thing Remember, who was it who took the shot at the end? Wasn't it C.J. Miles or yeah. something? Mm-hmm. Remember, playoff P had a fit. He said, I should be taking that shot. And that's not why I C- passed it to C.J. Oh. Yeah, not C.J. Give me another cheeseburger, Miles. You know? That was mean. Wow. Well, wasn't he big? I, I thought no, he liked it was margaritas. It wasn't cheeseburgers. No, it was she- Cafe no, Rio. Was cheese- no, it was cheeseburgers. No, it was Cafe Rio. He loved it. He was tweeting about it every other second. But nonetheless. Cheeseburgers. But anyway, he doesn't really matter. Well, but what matters is that, okay, are they going to take turns taking the big shot? Or if let's say, if Kyrie doesn't get an opportunity at the end of games, how, how chapped is he going to get? Well, all, all I know is this team just went from three head coaches to four. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll have more big show coming up. Vote on it. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest-rated, most-listened-to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally-owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Bogdanovich steps for an aggressive three and nailed it. Gotta love Bogey. You would have never known on that play, Ron, he was in any type of shooting slot. Conley works off Rudy, long dribble out in front of him, chests it back up to Bogey. He reads the laces, he fires the three. He hits two for three today from three for Boyan Bogdanovich. Bogey to the front court, stutter steps, leaves it behind for Donovan. Catch and shoot three, perfect. 27-point lead for the Jazz. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the day today is Motley Crue, selected by me. And brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. I thought, you know, today needed a little butt rock. Needed a little 80s <laughs> injected what? into the show. Get a little energy what, going. What, what'd you call it? Butt rock. I've you, never heard that term before. You're kidding. Really? No, I, I, I haven't. 
Austin, I, I'm not an up in the night here because I've been using that for that that term for quite some time. Am I am I out of touch? It's a well known phrase, not as well used though. So I, I guess it doesn't surprise me that someone of Gordon's experience hasn't. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, I always I always tease Gordon for making up stuff, and so if I'm just making stuff up, let me know. All right. I, anyway, I, I, Motley I mean, Crue. I've never I've never heard the, the term butt rock. But I may have heard it, but I think anyway, it, I think it's quite common. Uh, but okay. uh, but I don't know. Uh, Gordon, you heard some highlights right there. The Jazz beat the Cavs 117-87, and it was, um, you know, a, a shorthanded Cavs team. Uh, but they did hammer them like you would expect them to hammer a shorthanded Cavs team. And uh, most most players on the Jazz played a, turned in a really nice effort. Yeah, and uh, I, I have to be careful here about the way I phrase this because you guys have made fun of me. Um, here it comes. They made shots. Yeah. Well, well, it was more than just the making of the shots. It was taking of good shots. And maybe that's a lot easier when you're playing a team like the Cavs. But they they took good shots and they made those shots. And when I'll, I'll, I'll you know, would you be willing to uh, agree with me in this regard? If the Jazz shoot anywhere near 50%, they win 90% of those games. 50 percent of the time it works every time. Is that where you're going? No, I'm saying ninety percent of the time it works. It works every time. No, it works ninety percent of the time. Fifty percent of the time. <laughs> no, the, that's the percentage they have to shoot. But when they do that, they win games. So, Wait, but isn't that but true about every team in the league? Well, it, but it's especially true with the Jazz because of the kinds of shots they're seeking to take. And they they did the things necessary against an under, you know, an overwhelmed opponent to create those good looks. And then they made those shots. And when, I mean, yeah, it's simple, but the Jazz shoot 50% and shoot 53, better than 53% from three. When your opponent is shooting 38% and 25%, you're going to win. You're going to win. So, yeah, it is kind of, uh, hey, the Jazz made shots. They did, but they did the, what was necessary to create those good looks. And when they do that, I don't care who they're playing. When they do that against bad teams like the Cavs or mediocre teams at least, or good teams like the Bucks, they win. So I know it's easier said than done, but that's what happened. And it doesn't hurt them that they've been rebounding so well. Uh, not that they really even needed that in this game, but they've, uh, if I told you before the season the Jazz were going to be the best rebounding team in the NBA, would you believe me? No, not especially because their their second leading rebounder is six foot four. But um, but yeah, I mean, but I think Gordon, if, if any team in the league shoots fifty percent from the floor and fifty three percent from three, they're going to win. You know, if the Kings do that, they're going to win against bad teams, <laughs> against good teams. I mean, it's, it, it worked for the Jazz last night. The, but but, but, I come but the, in, point, the point there, Jake, is that it, I, I don't think it just happens happenstance. I, I, I think there are things that lead up to it that enable it. I agree with and, that. And, and well, here's the positive you can take from, from making shots and, and taking open shots and making open shots from Cleveland and that game last night is underhand, uh, you know, 
underhanded. That doesn't sound right. Shorthanded. That's much better. Um, Cleveland certainly was, and that had an effect. And late in the game, you saw it all. But they played really hard, and in the first half, they played that pressure defense that the Jazz have struggled with, and they switched mm-hmm. a lot, which the Jazz have also struggled with, and mm-hmm. and they were able to kind of overcome it. And again, not that Cleveland was playing with the you know a full roster, but they played hard, and they're a decent defensive team who's got a good defensive scheme. So maybe if you want to look at that as, a, as kind of a dress rehearsal for the better teams and the better defenses in the league, maybe that's the lens you look through. But Cleveland, like, the Bucks defense plays right into everything the Jazz want to do. And if you've noticed over the past couple of years, the Jazz play the Bucks really, really well because it's a good matchup for them. And the way the Bucks defend, the pick and roll with Rudy and the open threes, that, that it, it fits, it works. But where the Jazz have struggled is with the, pr- the pressure defense, like picture the Suns, right? Where they have these big, long defenders who are all over you and they switch everything. And so the pick and roll is stopped and all of a sudden the Jazz are playing one-on-one all the time. Cleveland tried to play the Jazz that way and the Jazz reacted well and still shot the ball well. And I think that's what you can take from that game is they weren't going up against a team where the pick and roll was going to be an automatic, but they still found a way to score a bunch of points. And if you look at Rudy, that's why Rudy didn't score a ton. He had only four points because of the way the Cavs were playing him, which has been really troublesome for him this year. And they still thumped the Cavs by 30. It may help. Let me ask you, I'll put this in question form. Do you think the fact that Cleveland was only able to score, what, they had like 36 points in the first half or whatever? Does that create a confidence in the Jazz that they were able to take advantage of beyond just what they were doing strategically on the court? Defensively or offensively? Because you I'm, mentioned the 36 points you held them to in the first. Do not take... Yeah, does that, does that instill a confidence offensively that uh, enables uh, a team to perform on attack the way the Jazz did last night? Um. I'm a little dense, Gordon. Pardon me. I'm I'm struggling what you're asking me. How would the 36 points for for Cleveland? How is that a comment on the Jazz offense? I guess because it, it it's a it's a it's a creator a facilitator for them to gain confidence because they know that they can hold the other guys down to 36 points and a half. Okay, so I wouldn't take anything from Cleveland's offensive performance. No, no victories whatsoever. Because Cleveland was so shorthanded offensively. I mean, the fact that they got to 87 is, is truly a miracle. I mean, every, every player on Cleveland's roster that scores didn't play. <laughs> I mean, who was their most, uh, their most gifted offensive player last night was, I guess, Osman? I guess? Maybe Nance? Uh, last night it was Osman. Yeah. I know, but I'm talking about in the grand scheme of things when uh-huh. the roster is full. He's like their seventh guy. I mean, so I, I mean, defensively, Cleveland played really hard, and they've got some players like like Nance, who's a good defensive player and long and can do some damage to you. And Okoro, by the way, the rookie from Auburn, he can't shoot his way out of a paper bag, but a heck of an athlete, and he plays super hard, and his defense was really, really good. So I think gauging the Jazz offense on how they attack that defense, I think you can take a couple of things. But if you're saying, whoa, the Jazz had a good defensive night, I don't think you can draw that conclusion. I think that's where Cleveland being shorthanded really hurt them is they didn't have anybody who could score the basketball. Well, that isn't exactly what I had in mind when I asked you the question. That's what I was saying. I wasn't quite computing what you were It's more more the way a team thinks when they know that they can hold their opponent down. 
at the defensive end. So then they, they, they garner some kind of confidence when they're on attack. Uh, it, it really doesn't matter. Uh, that, uh, I, that's just one of those philosophical questions anybody can wonder about. But, uh, look, I know you make fun of me, but Donovan Mitchell played like a star last night. Played like a star. Uh, and, and Bogdanovich uh, played like the Jazz have come to expect him to play. Efficient shooting, 20 points. That's what he averaged last year. He's not been doing that this year. Uh, Donovan was Donovan. I mean, like you talked about, Rudy Gobert didn't contribute offensively the way he uh, has been doing, but he was doing the other things that Rudy does much to his advantage. And, uh, and Jordan Clarkson continued to be absolutely stellar uh, with his shooting. and uh, Can I ask I you about know. Donovan real quick here, Gordon? Yeah. Can I ask you about what, what, you, what do you mean, what about his game last night was particularly star-like? He was efficient. That, that, okay, efficiency, all right. Uh, this- That's what he's been lacking. I mean, in almost every game Donovan plays, you see moments where you go, okay, that's Donovan Mitchell. That's extraordinary what he can do. But then he'll turn the ball over four times, or he'll be he'll he'll take uh, he'll he'll need twenty four shots in order to to get his uh, normal points. Uh, and and that's you know last night. What was he last night? Nine and fifteen. Uh, and nine of fifteen. But that's Five why seven from three. He was efficient. He made his shots, and uh, and he was uh, he he had some nice moments being unselfish with the ball, and uh, that's when he does that the Jazz thrive. That's why I wanted you to clarify because it's it's interesting you say oh tonight, that night was the night he played like a star because he only took fifteen shots, which right. is five less than what he averages. In fact, uh, Curtis shout out to our friend uh, Tyson Ewing who does stats for the TV broadcast. This is only the third game in Donovan's career. He scored at least 27 points on his few of 15 shots. Yeah. So, I mean, it's that that's why I wanted you to clarify because it's interesting because he was very efficient. And if, if that's what he needs to be more star-like, I, I can jump on board. Um, stay tuned. We'll get to more Big Show coming up straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Join us coming up on Friday. We're going to be at the warehouse in Salt Lake, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. You know the other thing about the Real Housewives? I was just having a Housewives discussion with Austin uh, off the air. Gordon, you know who made um, a, a very brief cameo in last week's episode? No idea who. Vicky McBride. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. cool. Vicky McBride did. Very brief. Uh, it was uh, The episode was surrounding a, a birthday party for Sharif Shah at the old Top Golf, And uh, Vicky, okay. Vicky was there, which I'm assuming meant Coach was there. But Coach uh, Mac did not make an appearance on The Real Housewives. 
I know, good decision, you know, Matt, Coach. Matt, Matt, Matt is kind of shy. He, uh, you know, he didn't like uh, stepping into that spotlight. Yeah, right. uh huh. That's that's the coach <laughs> we all know. But they just basically showed Vicky like giving Sharif a hug or whatever, and it, it, she got her own little thing on the show though, where it says Vicky McBride uh, on the on the thing. But I was hoping as soon as I saw Vicky, I was like, oh, where's Coach Mac? Coach Mac needs to make an appearance on this show. And he well, was still at the sure. warehouse haggling over but, prices. <laughs> and how did how did Coach not tell us that he was uh, tell us about this? Because the filming happened last like January, February. Oh, did it really? Yeah. So Coach had to know that 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 party was on that show. Maybe Coach wasn't there. I don't know. But Vicky was there. Well, first of all, uh, Mac is uh, everybody knows what a what a terrific guy he is. But Vicky. Is something special. She that uh, do you know her very well? She is just just a wonderful, wonderful human being. And uh, so anyway, I just wanted to say that because that's the way I feel. I've always felt about Vicky, and uh, the fact that she was on the show that would have I would have watched the show had I known she was going to make an appearance. Well, she and you know how I feel about those kinds of shows. Well, let me tell you, you would have been. If she was on screen for maybe two seconds, like it was not, they they weren't interviewing her off to the side. It wasn't like a jump cut interview reality show style into Vicky going, you know, boy, that Jen just starts stuff every time we get together. Hmm. Really, this Housewives of Salt Lake, though, is something else. I'm hooked. I definitely am. I can't I wait. Can't I can't believe you allow yourself. How do you get hooked on something like that? Oh, it's quite easy. I think the uh, the I think the new episode is tonight, actually. And you can't wait. When does it end? Because I'm over it. I don't know. I think they're on like episode seven or eight, something. Like Out that. of how many? I have no clue. Ugh. This is one of those things where I've jumped to a conclusion without ever having watched it. So I, I I feel a little guilty to draw that conclusion without having actually watched it. But I I just. You know, with the Bachelor, the Bachelorette, the Housewives of wherever, I just I, I can't I can't get myself to watch. They're all the same. Well, there's no competitive aspect to this one though. With the Bachelor yes, and the Bachelorette, there's like a you know you're competing for a hand or something like this. Is this is just like pure chaos, really? I hear it's very competitive between the Housewives. Yeah, like competing for attention, but not like competing for a trophy or anything. Well, isn't that what they're competing for on The Bachelor and Bachelorette? Yeah, but you know, like, it's almost They're competing like, for a deeper IMDb page is what they're competing but for. But aren't those shows more like a game? Like, no. Like, yes, come on. That's they're, what they want you to believe. There, there's no, like, structure to this show. No one gets voted off? No, there's there's nothing like that. It's just... <laughs> You're now a housewife of Clearfield. Right. You're off of the Salt Lake I guess my point is, is it's even more pointless, and yet I'm I'm still there. Um, um, and and I don't think it casts this, a particular positive spotlight on our community no, either. No, <laughs> but I'm still Gordon. The real problem here is that Jake doesn't have a lot of free time between this show, the jazz broadcasts uh, of raising a very wonderful daughter. Yeah, and he uses his what little free time he has on this trash on Housewives. Yeah, it it if you look at it that way, it's it's pretty depressing. I'm Are ashamed. Housewives more interesting than than husbands? Yes. Well, in the case of this show, yeah, there's a couple of the husbands on there that are a little boring. Oh, okay. I just, it, I, I just have a feeling that if there was a husband show and it would included the three of us, that we would act out in a way that we normally don't, just like we were told happens just to get with it, the housewives. Just to get attention. 
Not either to get attention or to you know, spice up the show a little bit. No, I don't think that would happen, actually. But that's the reason we would never get selected. Like, I have a very boring personal life. But there he is sitting on his spot on the couch again. Unless the squirrel comes running around like, the backyard. Oh, yeah, if the squirrel is around, then it's... That'd it's be a good episode. Incredibly entertaining, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness, I, he just stepped we, on a Lego. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> next would time on a, Real Housewife would, Jake Scott. Would we be up for it? Do you think we could uh, we could beat that standard? No. no. If we no. really tried? I mean, if if like uh, when I pick my daughter up out of the car seat and she just kicks me right in the groin, gets in her, gets ratings. <laughs> <laughs> but that's about the highlight of, of the show. You know that happened to me the other day. I mean, it's happened to me multiple times. But that happened to me the other day. I'm getting her out of her car seat, out of my wife, my wife's car, which sits up a little bit more. And as I'm I'm bringing her down to the ground, her leg just comes swinging out of the car seat and gets me right there. And oh, I yeah. I put her that's down. Happened. And yeah, that's I, happened to every dad. No, every but, dad but here's experience. the thing. All right. So she is so she she doesn't know exactly what's happening because I'm kind of doubled over, right? You know, I'm <laughs> not breathing. I'm kinda kinda trying to gather myself. And and so she didn't she, she didn't tell you to lay down and, and grab your belt buckle and start pulling your pulling, you know, so you could breathe better. No, that didn't happen. But um she goes she goes to my wife. Uh, who has come around the other side of the car, and and she's she's Sadie's feeling really bad, and so my wife goes, well, you know, say it's okay, Dad's okay, it's not your fault, it was an accident, go give him a hug, and so she like three running steps, head first, <laughs> hug, and gets me again, she got me again, right right in the very same spot, and it was like oh. Oh, and I still because I didn't want her to feel bad, so I gave her like a half kind of hug, Thanks, and then I said, "You, you go ahead with mom. I'm, I'm just gonna take a minute, trying to sound like, you know, I don't want her to feel bad. Like, I just need a minute. I'm just gonna mow the lawn. <laughs> but it was bad enough to get the kick, but then, you know, go give him a hug. And she gave Bam. it extra oomph because oh. she felt bad. Oh, she, it was worse the second time. <laughs> Because she felt bad. Because she didn't mean to. That's a funny story. Yeah. That's I, As Gordon said, a lot of people know the feeling of the, the car seat kick. Yeah. But I've never had the double whammy, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> the go give him a hug. No! no stay, just, stay, just give me a minute. Stay away from me. Give me a minute. Anyway, yeah, that's my story. A lot, of, a lot of dads have had that. I don't know. I'm trying to think, you know. A I'd lot rather of have that happen to me than watch The Real Housewives, I'll tell you that. A lot of our listeners I'd are guys. And, you know, I, just, I just wonder if the, if the husbands could meet the standard. I mean, not to these, Not to these ladies, trust me. So we're suggesting that women are more interesting than men? In this particular circumstance, I don't know about it. Are you really going to take a, a, a you're going to take a societal position about the interest of the genders over The Real Housewives of Salt Lake? I don't know. I've never watched the show, so I. Well, here I'll save I you the no trouble. Clue. You cannot draw that conclusion either way. I sure. All right. Uh, coming up, uh, we've got what's going on next. <laughs> I, I'm just so thinking what the tease would be. Join us next week when Jake gets punched in the groin twice. <laughs> Two times. You won't want to miss that. <laughs> That's the most interesting. And thing. Gordon passes a kidney stone That's next week. <laughs> <laughs> 
That literally is the most interesting thing that's happened to me in the last, like, at least two weeks. Okay. All right. Uh, Keith Smith will join us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour, uh, our good friend from Real GM. And uh, Locke will be on with us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Lots of basketball. Uh, We'll get to what's going on next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.